Hey, have you ever wanted to create your own podcast and share your own light bulb moments with the world? If so, now is the perfect time to do so because audio is the future of the internet and Anchor is a perfect place to do it. So Anchor is a podcasting platform you can find at anchor.fm and it's what we use to create the Lightbulb Moment podcast. So Anchor is amazing because first of all, it's completely free to use. Yep, completely free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. So I've used Anchor to record with other guests on a mobile app, and you can also edit on your computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you across so many platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other major podcast streaming sites. So you don't have to set up individual accounts and try to distribute to all of those places. And you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum subscribers needed. And it's basically everything you need to record, edit, and publish your podcast in one place all for free. So I highly encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good luck. Hi there, my name is Ganika Pinham. And I'm Farika Pinham. We're sisters and the co-founders of Ida. If you're an entrepreneur or a new and upcoming brand, discover customer and audience insights about your product niche at thinkida.com because we are where your customers are. As founders of Ida, we've immersed ourselves in the startup world and become obsessed with all things entrepreneurship. We've learned a lot along the way and still are. And now we want to share that with you, our listeners. Whether you're already a savvy business owner, just getting started, or an aspiring entrepreneur, you are in the right place. Join us as we journey through the ahas, the oh no's, the why me's, the ups and downs, and those serendipitous moments when something clicks and it all falls into place. Welcome to the Lightbulb Moment Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Lightbulb Moment Podcast. This is Marika. And this is Ganika. And we're back with another episode, um, this time together. And this episode, we want to talk to you about a startup idea that we've explored that we've never talked about before. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an exciting one. <laughs> so this uh, app that we were trying to build is called Bottle RX, excuse me, and that was spelled B O T T L R X. So if from the name you can guess, it was in the med tech health tech industry. Yep. And to give you guys a little bit of background of how it got started. So when we used to live in California, um, I moved back home and I used to take care of my mom's medication, uh, you know, medication prescription and all of that stuff. So like picking stuff up for her, going to the doctor's visits with her and stuff. Um, and in that process, like I was very involved in it, um, because my dad was really busy and stuff. So I would, you know, I would look after her, um, medications and stuff and I noticed that every time I would go and to pick up a prescription I would go drive drive to the window and they would tell me like oh it's $50 and oh it's $60 like every time you know for different medications it's different prices and you know it was like at the window you find out how much it is right and that always took me by surprise like the doctor never told us you know no one called and told us there was no other prior you know, visibility into what the medication prices was. 
Now, luckily, and I want to like really emphasize on this is like, we're so grateful that we were able to like, you know, pay out of pocket, like whatever that amount was. But even then it was like, you know, having to pay like 70 bucks or 150 bucks at one at a time is like, it's very expensive. Like it adds up and it's like a surprise expense, you know? And I was like, is this just us? Like, are we the only ones that don't know what our medication costs ahead of time? So I started talking to a few people, like friends of mine and, you know, people who, you know, have prescriptions and stuff. I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, do you guys know anything ahead of time? And they're all like, no, they don't. Either, you know, they know from like previously, that's what, like, that's how much they think they're going to pay or like they find out at the window, you know, there's no way to know apparently one of them told me that you know you can call your insurance and you can find out how much something costs and you know that's a tip if anybody wants to know um, it's like you, you can call your insurance and they'll tell you but I'm like no one's doing that no one's picking up their phone and calling their insurance waiting in line trying to find out how much this medication costs like no one first has a time and I don't think a lot of people will do that some people might but I'm just saying it's just not like a you know an occurrence a daily occurrence that happens um and then another thing that happened was in that process somewhere when you know I was speaking of my mom's medication and stuff my dad was moving jobs and she was covered through him and the insurance got stopped for like a month or two I think until like he was enrolled into his new position and it, during that time we had to pay even more out of pocket right it, this time it was like running up like over 150 200 for medication and that was a lot right? Especially if you're just finding out at the window and there's nothing you can do because my mom ran out of the medication. So she needs it. If she needs it. Like you can't just be like, Oh, I'll come back later. Like you can't really skip multiple days at a time. So you have to pay at the window. And that really frustrated me. Like just not knowing itself was like, you know, it's kind of, especially in today, like you need to know how much um, you're, you know, you're, you have to pay something out of pocket. So the whole concept that bothered me was a lack of price transparency, especially with medication. And that's how this really got started. Um, And I remember calling Rika and just at first discussing this with her, like just, you know, running through all of this that's happening and stuff and giving her more insights into it. Yeah, and I would say that was probably your light bulb moment then, Ganika, right? Um, having to deal with this medication issue multiple times. Um, and when Ganika called me and told me about this, I was like, great. I mean, we were already working on IDA at the time, but I was like, I see no reason why we can't explore this idea, you know, just a bit further because it seems like it can impact a lot of people. It's something that we've been personally affected by. So as we advised, we started with customer interviews and all of that. So uh, like Ganika said, she had already talked to a few people casually, but then we started sending, setting up more formal customer interviews, 15-minute interviews with people that had a medical history or, you know, got prescriptions frequently and just started asking them about their pain points with the healthcare industry. And we opened up a can of worms. Like, I still have all the notes from those interviews and a lot of people were talking about the price transparency and we could tell that we had really, you know, discovered a big pain point for people. And people also had so many other issues with their insurance and that they started telling us about. And just with the, you know, process of getting your medication from a pharmacy and getting it approved. And, you know, sometimes if you have a more expensive medication, having to call the insurance and explain to them why you need it and all of that. 
Oh, exactly. So definitely, I would definitely say like that was like my light bulb moment when I was like, wait, what is this? Is this really like the, you know, the problem that everybody is having? And is it with every insurance? And like at what points they're having? And I was just honestly very curious, um, especially like, I mean, let's be real, right? Medication and doctors and all of this is something that everybody has to deal with in their life, whether it's personal or with a loved one, a family member, a friend. Um, this is like that touches all of our lives at some point. So I figured, you know what? Let me just like look into that. Let me just learn about this and stuff. So that's when all of these interviews started. And like Rika was just saying, another thing that came up was people were like, oh, yeah, the doctor would write us the prescription. And then at the pharmacy, they would tell us like, oh, it has to be approved or something. And that's happening to some people, like not everybody, but like some people are experiencing that as well. And also another common pain point. I personally never had it, but I found that to be like very odd that, you know, you go up to the pharmacy and they'll be like, yeah, you can't really have your medication right now because we're getting like further approval from your insurance. Yeah, exactly. Now, see, all of that is well and good, right? Customer discovery, discovering pain points. But we did make a couple mistakes that it's low-key a little bit embarrassing that we did this looking back and not embarrassing in the sense like, you know, it's terrible, but the fact that we knew that this wasn't probably you know, the order of operations we should have gone in, but we were just so excited. So we were so excited about this idea and just, you know, what it can mean in health tech and what it can mean for people and like their day to day that we went and got a domain immediately, made a landing page immediately, which is fine, you know, like wait list, sign up some interviews through that. And we also registered the corporation immediately. Like I would say in the first month, right, Ganika, we registered a C Corp for this. Yeah. And that's because in the medical industry, there is a lot of like competition and the people were like the experts were talking to there's like oh you know somebody else could work on this idea and stuff I don't know I guess like we didn't really know that that wasn't supposed to be done like we had like we knew uh you know working with startups and stuff like usually that's not how it's done but I just figured like in the medical industry it's probably like we should get it registered and stuff and you know um have all of our ducks in a row that was a thought process and you know looking back you're right totally stupid but at that moment it really felt right (laughs) I think actually this our domain and our like corporation registration expired pretty recently, like in the last couple of months, I believe. Um, so anyway, for time frame, we started working on this late summer, early fall of 2020. And now um, we're in fall of 2021. So yeah, just so you have some context, that's when we're talking about like fall, t- early fall 2020 is when we started doing these interviews and really getting into this. And another thing we did, which is actually a positive, is we did get ourselves an advisor. So Ganika was actually the one who found him. So I'll let you talk more on that, Ganika. Yeah. Um, One of the things that we ran into pretty early on was the fact that none of us were from like with a medical background. We're not doctors, nurses, like we had little to no exposure into any of this, right? Everything we found out was like brand new information. Like whether it's from like website, we were like reading, constantly reading a lot of things or from people. It was just all the information like we were jotting down like maniacs. So that's one thing that I noticed early on was that we're not experts in this field and we need to get somebody that has prior experience. And that's also another thing we were running into as we were um, talking to people about our idea is just that they want to see somebody in our court that has experience in this field that has come from a medical background that, you know, can speak strongly, you know, with the words and um, all these things. So 
when we started doing some of these uh, customer discovery interviews, we found a doctor that has a lot of knowledge in this that was um, very like enthusiastic about the idea and, um, you know, had a lot of insights and knowledge into it. And we were like, okay, we need somebody like this to at least like walk, like talk to us about these things if you have ever questions and stuff. And that was really good because it truly felt like we had somebody we can at least email and find out more about or get some thoughts and feedbacks about. Um, and something else that we started doing th- during this period um, that I kind of um, took the reins on is building the MVP. So basically we wanted to make this um, an iOS mobile app to start with and where you know people could connect with their local pharmacy, get their doctor's you know, prescriptions digitally directly through the app, send it to the prescription, send their prescription to the pharmacy, you know, be alerted of pickup, get it approved by the insurance through the app and all of that. And have the price transparency, of course, to see their local pharmacies and the different prices that they're offering um, and pick the best one. So we started working on an MVP and, you know, a couple positive things happened. Like we were actually able to um, get the access to a pretty famous company's API um, just through cold emailing. I remember I just cold emailed them a couple times saying like, hey, I'm working on this. I would love to use your API and, you know, your research data and all of that. And they gave me access, which was great. And then we also got access to another company's API. So we did have access to two, you know, healthcare APIs um, regarding price. So that was helpful for us to start building the MVP. And I will say the MVP, um, you know, I made pretty good progress on it. And, you know, it was my first time actually um, creating anything in Swift. But, you know, I started learning Swift to make this iOS app um, and we were making good progress. And around the same time, we wanted to get into an accelerator for this, similar to what Vanika was saying, because we wanted the extra support since we weren't really familiar with the medical field. Yeah. And the other thing we learned in that is that they're also looking a little bit for people who have um, a knowledge in this area and stuff, right? Because I feel like, especially with the medical field, there's a lot to uncover. And I mean, when I say a lot, there just the sheer amount of information is mind-blowing. You know, it, that happens with like any startup, I'm sure, you, you know, you find out more things. But you find out just how much stuff is not readily available for the average consumer to look down into. Like what you find outside is just like the, you know, the top, the icing, I feel like. There's so much more. Like we found out, you know, how pharmacies work and, you know, who, um, how they get managed and stuff and how the pricing works. And that really helped us define our initial idea into something a lot, lot better. And that brings me to what actually our app is really about and where you kind of covered what it is. But to give you guys a little bit more information about it is that our whole idea was to have price transparency at the point of prescription. That was the whole thing. Now, what does that mean is that when you're at the doctor's and he's writing your prescription, you get to find out how much that medication costs with your insurance, not just like how much medication costs in general, like with your insurance that you have, how much does it cost out of your pocket, if anything, at the pharmacy that you choose, like whatever that might be. Uh, and if you would need to get more approvals for that, because that's another thing we ran into, right? Like people sometimes find out at the pharmacy that the insurance needs to approve it, like at that point. But it, with our process is that you find out like at the head of time. So, you know, the insurance company can be contacted way before you know it hits the pharmacy and stuff so that 
you're not having delays. So that was the whole premises of the idea. Yeah, exactly. And taking this, you know, we'd made a pitch deck and um, we started like, you know, presenting it in like a couple local pitches. I mean, like I said, ex- applied to an accelerator and all of that. Now, we didn't get into the accelerator, but what did come out of that is we had started talking to the managing directors of some of these accelerators and they said like, hey, send us updates, keep us up to date on like your progress. Like it's just too early for us right now, right? So I remember like we were sending weekly updates on a pretty good cadence for a few months right there, right? Danica, like we were making good yeah. progress. Like, yeah, we were so motivated by the fact that they said to like email them that every week we'd count like, okay, hey, we did this many interviews. This is the progress. And every week we'd send over bullet points. And it was really motivating too, because we were like kind of holding ourselves accountable and you know, making sure that week over week we were improving, which was really fun and great. And um, because of that, actually, you know, and, you know, building the MVP and all of that, I actually came into very serendipitously, I would say, um, a company that pilots with entrepreneurs in the health tech space. So basically, I was attending a conference and I saw this company presenting about how you know, if you have a health tech idea, and this is a very nationwide, very, very famous, like, you know, health tech, like backend provider is what I'll say. And they said, you know, they have a program where they encourage startups to use their API and user interface and, you know, create new apps for their network of doctors. They have a huge, huge nationwide network of providers that they provide, you know, backend like tech services to. So what we did is we actually applied to be part of their pilot. And so I remember writing up a proposal and sending it over to them and we didn't hear back for a couple months. So I wasn't really sure, you know, if anything was going to come out of that, but I kept on it. I kept emailing them like, hey, I'd submitted this proposal. Is there, um, you know, any update on that? And see, I think a lot of the takeaways that are good from this is just cold emailing. That's how we got the advisor. That's how we were able to get in touch with the, you know, accelerator managing directors. That's how we got both those, you know, big healthcare API access stuff like that. And now for this pilot, just kept emailing them and they eventually got back to us. And, you know, we had a couple calls about how the pilot would work, what we were building, the timeline and all of that. Right. And believe it or not, guys, we actually did get a pilot contract. So (laughs) yeah, that was like a big shocker. And sorry for cutting you off here. I just wanted to say the reason that was such a big shocker to us is because when I say we had like competition, we had like some big competition. Like I'm talking like these really big tech companies that's been in the industry for decades together, you know, that have all these resources, you know, that have all these connections, um, you know, and, and basically they had all of this information to create what we're creating, but probably faster and better, right? Where we have to find out everything. And like I was just saying before, everything is like a brand new information for us is probably something that's been in their database for like a long time. And it, but the thing is though, they were also just hitting this idea. It was not like our competition has already launched this idea and wasn't like our competition has, you know, um, is already in this, doing this exact same thing. They were just starting this as well. Like they were also just already piloting. They were a little bit ahead of us. I'll give you that, like probably way ahead of us in terms of like how much they've developed and stuff that we didn't see. But just from their websites and stuff, I can tell like they've already um, got the ball rolling on this like big time. So for us to like 
get an encouragement from you know from this was just like a huge deal for us like I could not believe it um Kanika touches on a really good point there with the competition because think of the biggest names you can think of in healthcare and they were our competition and when I say competition, I mean, I mean, in a business way, like obviously them doing this for the consumer is amazing because that's what we were trying to get is like more price transparency. So we were really mm-hmm. happy about it, too, that everyone can benefit from this. Right. But being a startup idea ourselves, it was definitely an uphill battle. And the other thing that was happening around this time now, if you guys are, are in the startup space and stuff, which if you're listening to this, I'm guessing you are at least a little bit, you will know that they always talk about timing. Right. Timing is everything like timing is one of the biggest factors that makes or breaks a startup, right? It's really about the market's readiness for it more so than the idea. And we had come onto this at such a perfect timing and really kudos to Ganika for having her light bulb moment at this time because there was going to be a national law. So like I said, this was happening in fall 2020 and there was going to be a national law in January or February 2021 that was coming up on us that was going to basically like require price transparency in a few key situations. Now, I don't remember the exact terminology or stipulations of this law, but I knew it was coming. Yep. And it has everything to do with price transparency. It ha- it's like making it mandatory for, um, I think, Medicare and, uh, and stuff to to allow this for happening. And, you know, that's like a big stepping stone, right? Like that's huge. And I was really happy for all those people that would benefit from this because that just shows that you know people like the big the big people I like to say have seen this and they're uh they're addressing this uh, issue and the other thing I wanted to really go over is just that I, I never looked at any of them as like competition or like oh my god we have to uh you know race against them but rather that because to me this problem is not about you know us trying to build a company or anything but just about addressing this issue that's just being facing with a basic care and a human right is like medications and having that you know available to everybody like that to me was like the most important thing is you know some people won't have insurance some people won't have the money and for those people to um, have this access and to have this knowledge to make these decisions was much more important to me than me having to build it. I think that's where even this idea came to light or how we even wanted to start it is more having to do with that than, um, you know, us having like building a company or um, making this big or anything like that. Exactly. And because we came with that ethos, um, it's going to kind of inform the decisions we made next. So basically, like I said, now we had this pilot. This was now we're in early 2021, around the same time that this law was going to launch. Not launch, sorry. Law was going to be, you know, put into effect. <laughs> and I'm so used to the startup speak of launch. So basically, you know, we'd gotten this contract. And the problem that I was running into, which I remember Ganika and I having multiple conversations about this, is... Okay, so, you know, these other big pharma companies, other big insurance companies had already started rolling on this. The law was already going to go into effect and we still had only an MVP. And with the pilot contract, it required that we, A, finish the product in 70 days and B, we still needed the insurance data to make it functional. So like I said, we did have the APIs about 
you know, pricing data in general, but it wasn't specific to each insurance company, you know, it was specific to pharmacies, but it didn't match up with the point that Ganika was making of, well, what if, what's your insurance plan, you know? So we had, so we had 70 days, we had to get that data and it was still just the two of us on this actually actively working on it. And like I said, we had an advisor for questions. So we really had to come into the hard decision of like, okay, can we actually do this in 70 days? Will we ever be able to get this insurance data? Because logically, if you think about it, why would the insurance companies that are building their own version of this product or service give us their insurance data so that we can build it, you know? So yeah, those were some of the hard questions we were grappling with when we ultimately came to the decision to kind of end this. Yeah, and the the thing about, the other thing is that it's not like this is the only thing we were working on, right? We had Ida, we had our, you know, our full-time work, we had our uh, family obligations and everything else that's going on with it. So this was literally like after like five o'clock or like early in the morning so that we probably have to carve some time out for this to work on this and, and, and the weekends, right? And that's really adding a lot to the plate. And I don't think anybody ever talks about this because, you know, I feel like especially like in America and so we're just so used to hustling, right? Hustling is a big thing. Like you have to hustle as much as you can. And I totally agree with that to an extent. Like you do have to hustle and you definitely uh, can have multiple things that you work on that you're passionate about by all means. But there comes a point when you're stretching yourself so thin that you might not be you know, probably making as much of an impact in these things that you would like to. And that to me is like a big thing. If I'm like, I guess, working on this, like, what are we actually doing? Can we do this? Are we just going to keep working on it no matter what, just because it's a bad taboo and stuff to give up on it? Like, you know, there's always this thing, oh, you gave up on it. Oh, you shelved it. That's that's a bad thing. Is Because if that's the concept, then there's no ending some things that we probably should have ended a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. And we, I guess the lesson that we want to share here is that quitting is not a bad thing. And, you know, it's not, it's not a failure at all because we learned so much about the healthcare industry that we would have otherwise never known. We learned that we can get so much done in just a few months. We learned that we were able to get all of these things through cold emailing, like a pilot and just advisors and, access you know and we learned that sometimes like it's good to know when to stop and I think Ganika you mentioned like before when we were chatting Shark Tank (laughs) we watch a lot of Shark Tank guys yeah it's a family favorite Uh, (laughs) we we watch it as a family sometimes Uh, and they're like they always talk about you know know when to stop know when to stop because if something is not working we just keep going at it because we think, oh, it's a failure if you stopped at it. But it's not because what came out of it to me means a lot more than us stopping it, right? Like she was, Rika was just saying, all the things that we learned and all the things that we have learned about ourselves and honestly about prioritizing what we have in our life right now that require our attention and time that we know we can make an impact with and that's actually adding values to our lives as well as everybody around us was much more important. And the other point I was saying before is 
that since this idea to us is not about us starting a company, but rather the problem being addressed, right? Like that's actually the reason behind starting it. It sort of became okay to to me in my head is that these big companies that are doing it and they're going to serve these customers, they're going to be addressing this problem. And with the loss help, it will become a norm at one day where everybody's going to know the price. Me fighting this uphill battle like Rika and I and just trying to come up with a solution where it's costing us a lot is probably not a good idea given at that point in our lives, right? And the huge thing is like we're not even from that industry and even though we've learned so much, we know that there's so much more to learn. It's going to be so much more um, costly than we have initially expected. And we were just going into that rut. And at one point, we have to like stop and realize, okay, we are now in that rut. We have to stop and come out of it to, you know, it's okay to stop and come out of it and just realize, okay, we have other things to concentrate on and to prioritize. And that's okay. Yeah, beautifully said. So yeah, everyone, that is our story of this other startup idea that we've explored that it was kind of like, I don't want to say stealth mode because we weren't trying to be like sneaky about it, but it was just like something we just weren't ready to talk about at all. So we never like publicized it or like told most people. And yeah, yeah that we were like, okay, we, you know, we stopped it like earlier this year. So let's talk about it. Yeah. And also I think the one of the reasons we never talked about it is because it's like such a thing to like, oh, you started something and you stopped it. But no, it's it's okay that um, you've explored an idea. That's that's the main important thing is that you gave it a chance um, that you're interested in and you found out a lot about something you learned. You learned a lot of lessons and you move on from that because I look at it now and I'm like, like what you were saying, we learned so much and I feel like all of this at some point in our lives will probably come in handy and we won't even realize it. And to me, that that works like that's okay with me. I'm very happy with that. Oh, and speaking of lessons, one of the lessons I really want to hit on here is you don't have to register your company right away. <laughs> there will be a point where you probably have to do it um, and, you know, do it for legal reasons and stuff like that. But like, don't rush in and do it because A, it's very expensive, right? Like a couple hundred dollars right out of your pocket um, when there's like nothing but an idea on a paper or like a website. And then B, it's like an uh, expense that you have to keep up with. Like every year, the renewals, every year, there are fees and stuff that you have to pay to the government, which is, of course, you have to because it's now a part of the society. It's registered. So, um, yeah, just note that. Note that, like, you don't have to run ahead and do that. Like, don't worry about it. You you will do it <laughs> after... Um, after you stabilize it a bit more. I remember Ganika and I had a running joke. Like when we would get on calls, we'd be like, okay, are we talking about Ida on this? Are we talking about Bottle RX? And we just thought it was so funny that we had two companies registered to us and we were trying to like make headway on both at the same time. Yeah. And honestly, I think that kind of took away time from Ida, to be honest. It's because like I was just saying, we were spreading ourselves quite thin with all the things that we had going on. And that didn't seem fair to me with um, with Ida as well. Yeah, I I appreciate the honesty there. That is true, yes. (laughs) Um, 
So that was um, that was our little a light bulb moment that um, didn't end as I guess a happy success story um, in terms of the norm, but to us it was a light bulb moment. It was a moment we had, um, and it was something we embraced with full force when we did, and a lot came out of it, and and it's something that we'll always look back to and be like reminisce in those times yes (laughs) damn that was interesting exactly (laughs) yeah so yeah I just wanted to say guys it's it's okay if you ever did this like if you started something and then you decided to prioritize something else or shelf it for a moment or forever because it's probably doesn't have a place in your life at this point in time and as sad as that could sound, it it's okay. It's okay to have that. Um, you know, and I feel like in our lifetime, we all have so many ideas that just pop up in our heads. Um, and some work out and some don't. And that's just a part of life that we have to embrace and take with a grain of salt. So we hope you enjoyed that episode of The Lightbulb Moment and enjoy the story. Please, if you have more questions about this or maybe you are working on a health tech startup and you're wondering like what some of these unnamed companies that we're talking about are, like, you know, if you just need some guidance and pointers on what we were talking about, please feel free to reach out and we will catch you in the next episode. See you guys. Have a great day. Want to get a workbook detailing steps you can take for your business today, as well as our top recommendations for entrepreneurs? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot and email it to contact at thinkida.com. Thank you for listening to the Lightbulb Moment Podcast. We'll see you here next time.